Welcome to our foray into the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And today we're beginning chapter 28 of the 11th canto. Uh, this is the third from the end. Uh, it's called Jnana Yoga. Uh, then the next chapter is called Bhakti Yoga. And the final chapter is about the disappearance of the Yadu dynasty. Uh, it will be the end of the 11th canto, which is Lord Krishna's final instructions to Uddhava. Uh, so this is uh, the second to the end of those instructions. So this is called, this chapter and the BBT edition, it's entitled Jnana Yoga. Uh, Vishma Chakravarti Thakur calls it Adwaita Philosophy. Um, and uh, it's a little complicated, uh, this chapter. Um, we go for especially the first verse, because we turn out to have three different versions of it to deal with it. But uh, it begins with the Lord speaking. Uh, there is, of course, a chapter summary, summary here in the beginning of the uh, uh, BBT edition, but it's, it's rather long, and uh, we'll come back to it later. Uh, but uh, so we'll just go right to this beginning of this this text, uh, where the first. Uh, nine verses is Krishna speaking. Uh, uh, so let's just go go right into to verse one. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. So this verse goes like this: Sri Bhagavan Vacha. Parasvabhava karmani na prasham se nagar na prasham se nagar hayet vishvam ekatmakam pasyan prakritya purushena cha The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, One should neither praise nor criticize the conditioned nature or activities of other persons. Rather, one should see this world as simply the combination of material nature and the enjoying souls, all based on one absolute truth. Uh, so this for, for follows the, 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 this sets up the, this Vishvam Ekatmakam Pasham. Uh, seeing this whole universe uh, as one. Uh, that then discusses this Advaita uh, philosophy or Jnana Yoga. Uh, of course, then next is Bhakti Yoga. But it doesn't mean that, well, as, as we'll see, there's, there's the Mayavadi Jnana Yoga, and there's the Vaishnava Jnana Yoga. So we also have Jnana. 
but it's different. And that'll be a topic for conversation. So here the Lord has said, Paraswabhava karmani, the nature and acti- activities of another. Para here just means someone else. Their swabhava, their nature. I think they say here conditioned nature, because you're in the world here. So swabhava, their their own nature, uh, according to the modes or proclivities, and their activities, karmani. Na prashamset, Na prasham set, excuse me, na prasham set, uh, one should not praise, nagar hayet, nor should one criticize. Praise and blame. Uh, 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 so that, uh, and then why is this? Vishwam ekat become pasham. One uh, sees uh, this world, Vishva, uh, uh, Ekatmakam. Now here they say in the world for world, word for word, based on one reality. Uh, uh, all based on one absolute truth in, in, the, in the running translation ekatmakam uh, you see this prakritya purushena cha as the combination of material nature and enjoying soul so, so enjoying souls prakritya uh, prakriti and purusha uh, so th- these come together, material nature and the purushas, the enjoying souls, the ones that are... So this nature, this material world, Krishna has explained this in the Bhagavad Gita, that the, 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 uh, what there is in the world, uh, the solids, liquids, gases, radiant energy in space, this is my my separated material nature. Besides these, there is another nature, which are the souls, and they come together. And then there's me. And besides these, there's nothing further to be known. Right? That's that's how he describes it in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, so there's these two things. There there's there's uh, prakriti, and so uh, here in this verse. Uh, uh, the way they tra- one should neither praise nor criticize the conditioned natures and activities of other persons rather one should see this world as simply the combination of material nature and the enjoying souls all based on the one absolute truth Banu uh, Swami based on the, uh, under- the, the, the commentary of Shuddhar um, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, rather, translates it like this. The Supreme Lord said, One should neither praise nor criticize the conditioned nature and activities of other persons. Same. But then, rather, one should see this world along with Prakriti and the Jiva 
as one with the Lord. A little stronger than the, the BBT puts it. Uh, 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 because uh, this this word here, ekatmakam, uh, uh, this eka atmaka, if you t that's the com compound uh, atmaka, this this second member of the compound, meaning have the nature, having or consisting of the nature of the characteristic of oneness, of one. So it's all one. Uh, has this characteristic of unity uh, so that this is good, this is bad. No, it's all... Uh, you should see this way, this... this uh, uh, this, the, the, this oneness. So uh, now, so they've translated that way here. However, this verse has already been translated with word for word and everything by Srila Prabhupada, which somehow or other they've overlooked when preparing this BBT. Because usually, if Prabhupada has done a verse, they'll they'll use that. But Prabhupada, it, it occurs in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And so I'm going to go to that before we go any further. Uh, uh, here in the, uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, Anchalila chapter 8, this tells the pastimes of uh, Ramachandra Puri and his criticizing of Lord Chaitanya. And uh, uh, so uh, here, just to give you the context, uh, starting starting with text forty two in Anjalila, uh chapter eight, it says, Ramachandra Puri concerned himself with gathering all sorts of information about how. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was situated, including his regulative principles, his lunch, his sleep, and his movements. Because Ramachandra Puri was interested only in finding faults, he could not understand the transcendental qualities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His only concern was finding fault, but still he could not find any. So notice he, because his his interest, his attention was directed to faults. He couldn't find any faults, but on the other hand, because of his attention directed that way, he could also not perceive his transcendental nature, which was obvious to a lot of people, but not to him. So he was blind. Even though he found no faults, he was still blind. Then it says, at last he found a fault. How can a person in the renounced order of life eat so many sweetmeats, he said. If one eats sweets, controlling the senses is very difficult. Ah, I've got him. In this way, Ramachandra Puri blasphemed Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu before everyone, but nevertheless he would regularly come to see the Lord every day. 
Sounds familiar, huh? When they met, the Lord would offer him respectful obeisances, considering him a god-brother of his spiritual master. Because Ishwarapuri is his god-brother. Ramachandrapuri's business, however, was to search for faults in the Lord. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew that Ramachandrapuri was criticizing him before everyone, but whenever Ramachandrapuri came to see him, the, the, the Lord offered him respects with great attention. Because he was Guru Varga, uh, so he followed the etiquette. One day Ramachandrapuri came in the morning to the abode of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, seeing many ants. He said something to criticize the Lord directly. Last night there was sugar candy here, he said. Therefore ants are wandering about. Alas, this renounced sannyasi is attached to such sense gratification. After speaking in this way, he got up and left. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had heard rumors about Ramachandrapuri's blasphemy. Now he directly heard his fanciful accusations. Prabhupada mentions in the purport, answer everywhere. <laughs> uh, so, and that it says so in Chaitanya Charitamrita, ants generally crawl about here, there, and everywhere, but for Ramachandrapuri, imagining faults, criticized Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by alleging that there had been sweetmeats, which means sugar candies of various kinds, in his room. So then he went and said that when he heard this, Mahaprabhu said, uh, I'm going to eat only a little bit. He specified how little he was going to eat from then on out. And all the devotees who would go to different people's houses, and they would either cook for him or get Jagannath Prasad. And he mentioned how he was going to really cut down his eating. So everybody is really upset by this. Uh, and he was only, he is eating very little. So anyway, that's, that's what gave rise to this. So then... After this for a while, Parmananda Puri. Now, Parmananda Puri is also a god-brother of Ramachandra Puri and Ishwara Puri. So there's all... So this is another one. So Parmananda Puri is in a little different position. So he went with some others to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with great humility, great humility and submission. Parmananda Puri said... My god-brother Ramachandrapuri is by nature a bad critic. If you give up eating because of his words, what will be the profit? It is the nature of Ramachandrapuri that first he lets one eat as much as desired, and if one does not eat more than necessary, with great attention he makes him eat more. In this way he induces one to eat more than necessary, and then he directly criticizes him, saying, You eat so much. How much money do you have in your treasury? Also, by inducing sannyasis to eat so much, you spoil their religious principles. Therefore, I can understand 
that you have no advancement. It is Ramachandra Puri's business to inquire always about how others are eating and conducting their daily affairs. These two kinds of activities, rejected in the revealed scriptures, constitute his daily affairs. And then he quotes this verse. He quotes Ramach, uh, Parmananda Puri, quotes this verse: "Parasvabhava karmani, na prasham sen nagar has yet, vishvam ekatmakam pasyan prakritya purushena cha." So here, this verse is the Bhagavatam is quoted, and Prabhupada translates it that because of the one should see that because of the meeting of material nature and living entities the universe is acting uniformly. This is ekatmakam, uh, and uh, this prakritya and purushena, they're in the instrumental case, and by me, because of these two things, therefore ekatmakam. Thus one should neither praise nor criticize the characteristics or activities of others. Uh, and Prabhupada says in the Report this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 128.1 was spoken by Lord Krishna to Uddhava. So then, so this is this is uh, quoted by by Paramananda Puri because of the the, the uniform this ekatmakam this oneness. Of the two rules, that is to say, one should neither praise nor blame, of the two rules, Ramachandra Puri obeys the first by abandoning praise. Oh, what, yeah, the, 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 the first is uh, uh, one should not praise, one should not criticize. So, obeys the first by abandoning praise, although he knows the second is more prominent. Another, so, uh, but although he knows that the second is more prominent, he neglects it by criticizing others. Uh, uh, so then Prabhupada says, the above-mentioned verse from Srimad Bhagavatam gives two injunctions. The first called Purva Vidhi, Vidhi is an injunction, Vidhi Lin is the is the name in Sanskrit for what we call the optative uh, one what ought to do for giving injunctions. And so Purva Vidhi, the first one should not praise, and the second Para Vidhi, one should not criticize. This verse, as will become apparent from the following verse. The injunction against praise is less important than the injunction against blasphemy. One should carefully observe the paravidi, although one may neglect the purvavidi. Thus the actual injunction is that one may praise, but one should not criticize. This is called shleshokti, or a statement having two meanings. So the statement... Because, uh, anyway, we'll go on. This is called Sheshokti, uh, or statement having two meanings. Ramachandrapuri, however, acted in just the opposite way, for he neglected the Paravidhi, but strictly observed the Purvavidhi. 
since he avoided following the principle of not criticizing, Ramanchandrapuri both bo- broke both the rules. And then, be- so of the two rules, uh, he says here, uh, this is, of course, Parmanandapuri speaking, he, he, he then quotes, Purva Poreo Madhye Paraviti Balavan. Between the former rule and the latter rule, the latter is more important. And Prabhupada just says, this is a verse from the Nyaya literature. The Nyaya is logic. So somewhere, you know, this is a standard way of when there's two rules given together, the 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 uh, uh, purva and the para the 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 uh, uh, the first is less important. One should not praise. Is less important than one should not criticize. This is a general principle. So that this is where this is. So then he says. Uh, even when there are hundreds of good qualities, a critic does not consider them, rather he attempts by some trick to point out the faults in those attributes. Uh, one should not therefore follow the principles of Ramachandra Puri, uh, so, but nevertheless, yeah, I'm going to say something bad about him, because <laughs> he's really broken my heart, he says here. Anyway, it goes on. So here's here's the uh, this is where the this is uh, translated. So just if you want to know the details of this, uh, as explicated here uh, uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's okay to praise. It's you know it's not, that's you know, but the point is that one should not be in uh, duality. Uh, these things are. Uh, uh, this is a principle of the detachment. Uh, 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 here, because of this being based on uh, on, on on oneness. In other words, uh, one should ultimately think that everything that happens. Uh, is is really uh, taking place uh, yeah one one should be detached this this is good and this is bad Prabhupada you know uh, good sense gratification bad this is this is wet stool and dry stool the the dry stool is good and the wet stool is bad so somehow you look this way. There's some principle of, of detachment that one should be the same uh, in praise or blame, honor, dishonor, and so on like that. This the, the, this equanimity of mind uh, uh, should be there. And this is Lord Caitanya. He just accepts it, and and he he just uh, 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 follows the etiquette. So. Anyway, so this anyway, this is where this verse is actually uh, translated because because uh, uh, and and if some there if others do things, you see here, 
what you know you 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 should look at it in terms of this is the spirit souls this is the material nature this is how it's going on and yeah and this is an impetus toward being unattached. Uh, I want to uh, here uh, read a little bit about this, uh, the summary of the chapter given by Vishwa Chakravarti Thakur in commenting on this verse. Um, He considers the whole chapter. He says in the 28th chapter, the Lord who speaks all types of philosophy, explains jnana yoga of the Advaita philosophy, which sees the world as illusion. There are two types of jnanis who see oneness of the Lord. One group, accepting Vivartavada, say that the world is false and Brahman is without change. This group rejects the theory of Parinamavada, in which Brahman is the material cause of the universe, since Brahman would then undergo change. Another group says that Brahman is the material cause of the universe, since its Shakti is called Prakriti, since its Shakti, called Prakriti, carries out the creation. Though Prakriti undergoes change, Brahman beyond Prakriti remains unchanged in nature. Thus, there is no harm to Brahman in this theory of Parinamavada. Now, this comes up uh, when Lord Chaitanya talks to the sannyasis at Varnarsi or Banaris uh, um, uh, about this idea, the, the Vivartavada. Uh, so, Vivartavada is the world is an illusion. And because if the, the Vedanta Sutra begins defining Brahman, Janmadasi Yataha, that from which everything comes. But Shankara, Shankaracharya has implicitly rejected this idea. Because he says, no, it is Vibhartha, it is an illusory superimposition upon Brahman. So Brahman is not the cause of the world. Who's allu- when there's an illusion, whose illusion is it? That's the problem. It can't be the jiva's illusion, because my idea of a being an individual is already a product of an illusion. If Brahman is an illusion, then the illusion would be greater than Brahman. So you have this Maya floating around, which doesn't belong anywhere. That's the problem with Mayavad philosophy. And therefore, Maya, Anirvachaniya, Sadasat Anirvachaniya, cannot be thought of as either existing or not existing. That's how they get around it. It has no status. It doesn't exist, 
and it doesn't doesn't exist. <laughs> this is my uh, uh, yeah. So they, they so Mayavad philosophy rejects the idea that Brahman is the material cause of the world, ingredient cause of the world. Janma thus everything comes from that. And so we have the account in the Bhagavatam of how the world is the energy. Brahman has energies. Mayavad philosophy denies the energy of Brahman. If, there, if there's Brahman in a world, then Brahman will be limited because there would be something else. I mean, this is not the case, but that's what they would think. Uh, there's just Brahman in different ways. That's all. Uh, so there, the Mayavad philosophy is Vivartavada. The Vada means doctrine or teaching or theory, you can translate it. Vivarta, illusory superimposition. Like seeing a rope as a snake or seeing oyster shells as silver or you impose the yeah. And Parinamavada, that this, uh, that the world is comes from Brahman. It's his energy. He's the material cause. He produces it. And Lord Chaitanya says that that Shankaracharya has really said. In effect, the the Asadev is wrong. In the first sutra, the second sutra, Atato Brahma Gignasa, the first sutra of the Brahma's, uh, uh, Brahma Sutras, uh, uh, that 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 one should inquire into Brahman. Brahman is defined that from which everything comes. So then, no, that's not true. He does his work around. So here, here, Vishnu uh, Chakravarti Thakur says, though Prakriti undergoes change, Brahman beyond Prakriti remains unchanged in nature. Uh, and then uh, he quotes uh, eleven twenty four uh, nineteen. Uh, we've already uh, read them in this class here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nine, 19... Uh, says the material universe, 11.24.19, the material universe may be considered real, having nature as its original ingredient and final state. So that is, it is the upadana. Uh, the prakriti is the ingredient cause or the uh, material cause in, in Western philosophy is called the material cause, the thing of which something is made. 
So upadana in Sanskrit. Uh, so therefore, it's real. It's not. It's not an illusory superimposition, because. And then, the adhara. Uh, the foundation or resting place is the Purusha, in this case Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is described in the Brahma Samhita as Adara Shakti, the one who has the all accommodating potency. Uh, and this, everything becomes manifest by the uh, Kala, time. Time is what we call the efficient cause. The, the uh, agitating agent, Abhivanyangjaka. Uh, uh. Prakriti is the material cause. The Purusha is the foundational cause. Time is the agitator of Prakriti. Uh, the indirect cause is called, translated here by, uh, according to Bhanaswami. Uh, and then, Krishna says, uh, after talking about these, the material, the the uh, cause, uh, the 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 supporting cause, the support, the power of time, the agitating agent kala, uh, and then uh, of these, th- uh, and then he says, Brahmatat Chittayam Toham. I am these three. I am all three. These quotes, this is of all of these three, I am the the foundation, the agitating agent, the nimitta, this word that's being used here, abhivyanjaka, the manifesting cause or the agitating agent, uh, the instrumental or efficient cause. I am all these, he, he says here all three of these. So, everything, uh, to, to keep a chincha beta beta tattva in mind, there's a couple of places. Nothing is different, this is kind of taking what Prabhupada says and condensing a little bit, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. That's, you know, a chincha beta beta tattva. One way to, to understand that is uh, uh, the doctrine that God cannot be conceived of as one with the universe and cannot be conceived of as different from the universe. Either one taken by itself is wrong. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. This You'll find the, the original formulation of Prabhupada of this particular statement is in the last purport Bhagavad Gita, as it is. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. It's a sutra. The other places in Chaitanya Charitamrita, I can't remember exactly where, there is nothing but Sri Krishna, yet nothing is Sri Krishna save and except his own primordial personality. So this is how we should see things. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So we, 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 we t- God includes the world, but he transcends it. 
I mean, this world is also described in the Bhagavatam as the body of God. There is a transcendental body, but this one is also there. And Prabhupada has said that, that people, sometimes they want this, what they call pantheistic vision. Uh, pantheism is usually that nature is God. Okay, but nature is divine anyway. It's not the whole of God, because a lot of pantheism is that's all that it is, you know. Uh, that God has no transcendental nature, beyond no, no nature beyond the material nature. But Prabhupada said, people want this pantheistic vision, but if you want to see nature as divine, if you want to see God in everything and everything in God, you have to engage everything in God's service. In other words, and he describes Krishna consciousness as the re-spiritualization of material nature. Now, actually, it is spiritual, but we don't see it that way. But to, to see everything as divine, you have to use everything in God's service. Thinking, I am God, and then everything is for me to enjoy, well, your own particular God project is what keeps you from seeing. Uh, things this way. And people sometimes think of spiritual realization as a kind of big sense gratification rather than as uh, another way of uh, uh, of uh, anyway you know another way of becoming God yourself. Anyway, so this is the, the true nature of Jnana Yoga. Uh, the uh, BBT, they, they say purport here, uh, material situations and activities appear to be good, passionate, or ignorant according to the interaction of the modes of nature. These modes are produced by the illusory potency of the Lord which is not itself different from its master, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So a devotee of the Lord remains aloof from the illusory temporary manifestation of material nature. At the same time, he accepts material nature of the potency of the Lord and thus essentially real. And then they give example of modeling clay. Uh, you can make high tiger houses and men, but the clay is real, but the temporary shapes are illusory. But the explain that part here. Um, yeah, the way, so anyway, the way Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur is speaking about this oneness, he says, although there is duality in Parinama Vada, there is oneness of Brahman since Prakriti is one with the effects of Prakriti. The material world. Since Prakriti is one with the Supreme Lord, being a Shakti, 
and since there is oneness of the Lord, although he has many forms. Though both groups are Gyanis, that is to say the Bhukta and the Mayavada, the latter group, that is to say the, the devotees, is approved by the Lord. Among the first group, those who claim that the form of the Lord is devotees and his abode, his names and other related objects are all fa fast, have been defeated in the story of Bharata. Uh, oh, that's an interesting verse. He quotes here 5, 12, 11, which I'll get up for you here in a second. Yeah. Oops, a second. Yeah, here, 5, 12, 11. Yeah, it's a far-out verse. Jnanam vishuddham paramartam ekam anantaram tvabahir brahma satyam pratyaprashantam bhagavatshabdasamjnam yam vasudevam kavayovadanti This is translated. Here Prabhupada is the translator. What then is the ultimate truth? The answer is that non-dual knowledge is the ultimate truth. When it says jnanam, vishuddham, paramartam, ekam, anantaram, uh, uh, this is brahman satyam, the absolute truth, all these characteristics. Non-dual knowledge is the ultimate truth. It is devoid of the contamination of material qualities. It gives us liberation. It is one without a second all-pervading and beyond imagination. This is the definition of Brahman, ekam eva advitiya Brahman. Brahman is that besides which there is no second thing. So that's why if there's the world in Brahman, oh, there's two, there's relativity. But that oneness includes the relative rather than excludes it. Because Krishna is supremely relative. He relates with his devotees. We want a relationship with Krishna. Uh, uh, so that, that besides which there is no second thing. So everything is Brahman. So here it says, what then is the ultimate truth? It gives us liberation. It is the one without a second, all-pervading and beyond imagination. Uh, the first realization of that knowledge is Brahman. Then Paramatma, the super-soul, is realized by the yogis who try to see him without grievance. This is the second stage of realization. Finally, the full realization of the same supreme knowledge is realized by the supreme person. All learned scholars describe the supreme person as Vasudev, the cause of Brahman, Paramatma, and others. So this is this verse here. Uh, 
that he, he, he mentions. 5, 12, 11, you can uh, look at that also. Vasudeva Sabamrti, Krishna says, the, the Mahatmas say, Vasudeva Sabam, Vasudeva Krishna is everything. So this is the clear teaching. And, uh, and uh, so as Prabhupada said to me personally, there are different kinds of spirit. So the material world is also, if it's related to Krishna, it's Krishna's energy and therefore ultimately spiritual. And, and that means that if one can actually see the material energy and use it in relate by using it in relationship to Krishna, he says that 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 the material world becomes as good as the spiritual world. So bhakti yoga is the process of converting so-called matter into spirit, which it originally were, is. So there's different kinds of spirit. Um, anyway, so these are the, uh, the places there. Anyway, um, So then he goes on to say, The Lord speaks this philosophy to Uddhava, who is curious about all philosophies, in five verses. So the, 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 this five verses of the Lord speaking. And so he explains them this way. After that, until the end of the chapter, the Lord's statement can be taken as either Vivartavada or Parinamavada. So this is his conclusion. After that, when he goes on, you can read it either way. So his take on this, the word asat, unreal, is taken by the followers of Vivartavada to mean false. But according to the followers of Parinamavada, asat means a real object which does not remain permanently. In other words, asat can be illusory or can be temporary. This difference should be noted. Though effects in this world are real, they are temporary, and thus they are called asat according to the followers of Parinamavada. The followers of Vivartavada say that the effects are completely unreal and are thus called asat. This fact should be understood. In order to explain briefly Jnana Yoga, which has already been explained extensively many places in the Bhagavatam, the Lord now begins to speak. And then he gives again, One should not praise or criticize the natures of other people, such as peaceful or ferocious, or their actions, since one sees everything in the world as one with the Lord. So that's the heavier meaning of the statement. That if, uh, the other way to take it, if something adverse comes, uh, you, you should see it somehow or other, this is sent by Krishna 
Uh, and one can then, in the right attitude, one can take this. If this has been sent by Krishna, and I have some adverse thing or something that looks bad, I have to see it as somehow or other uh, coming from Krishna, and how can I take this to help me advance or help others advance in Krishna consciousness? Uh, so one may be some adverse condition in the material world, well, at least this can make me take more shelter of Krishna. I can take it that way. Or something, and one will see how to get a, a positive result from some apparently negative things. Uh, if we are dedicated to Krishna consciousness, Krishna is not in the business of stopping us. So if it looks like this is what Krishna has brought about, I should see how I can engage this for making advancement. Since my purpose in life is to make advancement in Krishna consciousness, or to help others make advancement in Krishna consciousness, I should try to see it that way. And if we take it that way, uh, then we will, we, will be, we will see. But I've seen people, I, I remember we had a, a devotee come and stay in our temple for a while, kind of very skeptical about Krishna consciousness, but he had a friend that was into being a devotee. So he was in the temple, and then we had a renting an old building and part of the ceiling fell down and fell on him. And he couldn't get over it. I've come here to the temple to surrender Krishna and he drops the ceiling on me. Why did he do this? And he couldn't, couldn't get over it. That, that because he had come to the temple that God should keep all bad things away from him. So he couldn't see it. So we tried to explain to him different ways but ultimately he held it against God. Because he was basically on the karma karma thing that if I've surrendered to Krishna, then now he should gratify all my senses and nothing bad should happen. Uh, anyway, this is, this is sometimes the statement that people expect how bad things come. Uh, anyway, the next verse, we don't have time for it today, but... Uh, will explain a little bit about the bad thing about seeing this idea of, of getting involved in these dualities of praising and blaming, criticizing and adoring. And now we know the tweak is that if you have to do something praising for anybody else, praising is better than blaming. The two faults, the, the praising is the, the lesser of the two. Okay, we'll stop there. I'm uh, uh, sorry, it's a little confusing. We've gone in a lot of directions at once, but I think things will get sorted out in the, in the course of time here because we're just beginning this Shamana Yoga thing here. So we'll stop there, and if anyone has any questions or comments, uh, you can uh, text them in or call them in. I just had one 
question about um, not one should neither praise nor criticize the condition, nature, activities of other persons. Um, there's also a key here, as we've been discussing, is that this verse is particularly talking about the condition, nature. If one's engaged in serving Krishna, then is it okay that you're praising their activities in relationship to their service of Krishna? Yeah, the the uh, the conditioned nature is supplied here by the translators. Uh, uh, however, even Prabhupada said when one of his disciples did something wrong. It's actually not my position to find fault with you, but nevertheless my duty is as a spiritual master to do that. So Prabhupada actually had some, you know, he had this in mind. That 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 he almost like, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I, I don't want to find your fault, but nevertheless this is my duty, so I'm doing it. As a, as a service to help you advance in Krishna consciousness. So if some's motive, if the motive is in relationship to Krishna, then those things can be done. Uh, usually, in the, in the world we see that praising and blaming is always based on uh, uh, sense gratification. You've gratified my senses, you're good. You haven't gratified my senses, you're bad. Uh, or or uh, that gets one into the world of dualities. And it becomes clear from the next verse that that's what the problem is. So it's based on sense gratification. Even so, one should be careful. I mean, and and um, uh, uh, here, here. Uh, let me just. There's, there's, there's a a uh, the 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 Paramahamsa. Remember, there's in the seventh canto, chapter thirteen, Pralad Maharaj. It tells the story about a saintly person met by Pallad Maharaj who was undergoing Ajagara Vritti the living conditions of a python Ajagara means goat swallower and there was this person who had taken the occupational duty of just sitting still and just eating whatever came his way uh and so uh, the text goes uh, uh, different people are of different mentalities therefore it is not my business either to praise them or to blaspheme them I only desire their welfare hoping they will agree to become one with the super soul the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna now this is the translation uh, this, I don't either. Uh, that's my only hope. I cut, I cut oneness, 
Mahatmani or the super soul, the Param Brahman, right? Uh, and so in the purport, Prabhupada has written, there is no use in praising someone for material qualifications or blaspheming him for material disqualifications. In the material world, good and bad have no meaning. Because if one is good, he may be elevated to a higher planetary system. If one is bad, he may be degraded to a lower planetary system. First, people of different mentalities are sometimes elevated, sometimes degraded, but that is not the goal of life. Rather, the goal of life is to become free from elevation and degradation and taking to Krishna consciousness. Therefore, a saintly person does not discriminate between that which is supposedly good and supposedly bad. Rather, he desires for everyone to be happy in Krishna consciousness, which is the ultimate goal of life. So that's on a different platform. Uh, uh, one should not use Krishna like 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 Ramachandra Puri. It seems as though he's talking that way, but actually, he's got other problem. He's a fault finder, and you know, uh, usually when somebody becomes a, a chronic fault finder in Krishna consciousness, uh, is he's looking for other people's faults because he's evading dealing with his own. And in order to feel better, he thinks, you know, other people are worse. Um, uh, and so sometimes this this will happen uh, in spiritual life, that there are people who are always doing that. And, and they, 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 they substitute minor for major virtues. It, because for Ramachandrapuri, we get his background. He had actually, the big fault was that he had criticized his spiritual master and offended him, and therefore he couldn't make any advancement. And, and then, then in that condition, he's always looking to kind of make himself feel better because maybe he was strict about sweets. And so he was always looking to see that, to reassure himself, because deep inside he knew he had made a mistake. And he wasn't going to deal with them. So that you see this fault-finding. It, it kind of like of high-demand religions. It becomes almost a signature eventual see these people who are going around replacing minor, major with minor virtues. And there's some little thing in which they're good. Strict attendance at the morning program. Well, yeah, one should attend the morning program strictly. But that was the main thing. That's the big thing. Or some eating sweets or whatever else. Uh, so you get these people who are always, you know, going on about this principle, that principle, that principle, and gives religion a bad name because these people are always fault finders. So that's that's the, the difficulty in, 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 in that regard. But that's how that's our principal evaluation is somebody making advancement. But somebody that's become stultified in their advancement, this may sometimes be a symptom of it. They are finding fault with others. So one should be careful. That's a danger in the spiritual life. Yeah. 
Didn't you mention along the way that of the two, you know, you know, praising or finding fault, that the you know the praising is not you know is actually something that should be done, you know, because I know I don't know if you I thought maybe I mean you know it's you know it's, it's of the two it's a lesser you know importance, mm-hmm. but I mean it's usually when someone joins, you know, they they think it's very important to encourage the person. You know, you know, get foot praise them so that they, you know, they f- they feel inspired to continue. And, and I, I know some devotees really emphasize that that it's really important that that uh, you have to in- incur- you know praise people to encourage them. Sure, yeah. sure. In Krishna consciousness, uh, Shankar has pointed out that we, when people come to the movement, we encourage them by when they do something that's Krishna conscious or helping them advance, we, we, we say so. Uh, and, and that helps them. So in this case, it's rightly used. You should not be seeking out their faults, but if you see it, often if, if, if all you do is find out their, somebody's faults, you're a fault finder. So you should look at what they do good and, and say, yeah, do that better. That's really great. You're, you're, you're good at this. Uh, and and uh, so even in Krishna consciousness, it, it is better to praise people uh, than, than it is to, to, to find their fault or bring up their fault. Or, uh, yeah, so they, they should not, because... That one should make friends with devotees. So generally, if somebody is doing well in Krishna consciousness, you those things they do well, you 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 appreciate it. So we we do that a lot, and we should do that a lot in Krishna consciousness. Uh, and and, uh, and so when you see somebody like Ramachandrapuri who only does the blaming and none of the, nothing, you know, then there's something, you know, there's something out of balance. Because if you're going to uh, 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 observe it, then, then the first, according to the Nyaya, the first part of the, uh, the injunction is, is uh, better to, to break that one. Uh, yeah. It's okay. In fact, it's good. Uh, here's a comment by Ratnabhushana. He says, uh, quote, To see everything as divine, you have to use everything God serves. In comments, what a profound and crucial point. It has tremendous implications. That That's how we realize the sacredness and holiness of everything. Just want to express my gratitude for bringing this point out persistently, starting to make an impression. Yeah, that is, it is an important point to to see God everything. God every you have to use everything in God's service, because the illusion is that there's something separate from God, and when Prabhupada has in fact used the example of Ravana as the archetypical materialist who wants to enjoy Sita, take her from take her away from Ramachandra and enjoy her himself. Uh, and Sita is the goddess of fortune. So the materialist, 
and aiming at amassing wealth and money and all good things so they can become the enjoyer. They are like Ravana, they are trying to steal Sita from Ramachandra. But the very profound thing, as it says in the Shastra, that he got Maya Sita. You get the illusion of being the enjoyer, but you don't. Instead, you get killed. <laughs> you die. You, you identify yourself with the material body, and then you undergo the illusion of death. Uh, that's the penalty you play. You get killed by Ramachandra. <laughs> In, in, in essence, because we have tried to take away. But if we intake, like like Hanuman, he wants to get Sita back, but to put her beside the, to the side of Ramachandra. That's a devotee. And then, we, then you get your eternal life in connection with Krishna. So our mistake of sense gratification is alienating those things that belong to Krishna, I am to be enjoyed by Krishna. I am not the enjoyer. And anything that comes within the range of my cognitive or conative senses, I see in connection with Krishna. If I see a nice, some, some, some nice flower, oh, let me offer it to Krishna. That's a good flower to offer to Krishna. And by offering everything to Krishna that we see, we learn how to see everything as belonging to Krishna. And I am to be enjoyed by Krishna too. And Prabhupada remarks at the end of the Chaitanya Chattamrita, a devotee or an advanced devotee has no other way of being happy except by seeing that Krishna is happy in all respects. So that's our way of, is Krishna pleased? Then I'm pleased. And he says this in connection with, with uh, the last verse of the Shishastaka prayers. Yeah. That is, uh, that Radharani is if, if, if saying that, 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 that if Krishna sees another gopi wants to enjoy her, then, then, then if he leaves me and goes to her, I want to help her. I want to serve that gopi as making Krishna happy. This is like the selflessness of pure love. I don't want, I just want to see that Krishna is satisfied. There's no jealousy or uh, enviousness uh, in, this, in this pure love. And then one sees everything as it is. The, 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 we can see this world as it actually is in connection with Krishna. It looks very different from the way it appears to the enjoyers. Um, Kendra has a question. He asks, in your reading of this text, do you have anything to say regarding the context behind the change of subjects from deity worship to discussing praise and blame? I, I don't have any, I don't know if there's any continuity whatsoever from going to deity worship to Jnana Yoga. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a, a, any, any, any continuity, except that we're coming toward the end of the instructions, and it seems 
talking about jnana yoga and, and bhakti yoga are just kind of summarizing many, two of the main topics that, that have been a thread throughout this whole uh, discussion. Both are transcendentalists and both are clarifying the relationship between jnana yoga and bhakti yoga and that bhakti includes jnana. There's karma, jnana and bhakti. These are three platforms. So uh, when, 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 and it, it, it forms a, a kind of a dialectic in the sense of if karma is the idea of enjoying in the world, then jnana comes about the negation of the world, the rejection of the world. In, in karma, I'm the enjoyer. Even pious karma is, you know, pious enjoyment. Uh, uh, jnana, I reject it in order to, in order, because it's false. Uh, in, in bhakti, the world returns. It comes back. It's like a synthesis, you know? Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. It's neither enjoyed nor rejected. Rather, it's engaged in Krishna's service. So when the world comes back, it's enjoyed in, in karma, rejected in jnana, but in bhakti, it's sublated and, and becomes becomes something else again. So it's it's a kind of a, a dialectical progression: thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so so this is this is this is this is the fulfillment of these things. Uh, karma then becomes pious activities, and then it becomes karma yoga when I start to engage everything in Krishna's service, and then that karma becomes part of bhakti. And the same as jnana, uh, seeing oneness, unity, uh, that's also there, but that unity doesn't exclude the difference. If I say, see, there's the... If you study, like I had a course in the university and in, in Greek early, you know, the, the, the Parmenides and, and, and Plato and others, the problem of the one and the many. There's oneness and many. So, so if, if, if I want to have the idea of the one, I want, want, want to approach the idea of unity, if there's a one, that is different from the many, I'm still on the platform of duality. Because there's the one and the many. Prabhupada explains this at the very beginning of the Isha Upanishad. So the actual realization of oneness is the one that unifies the one and the many, not the one that's in opposition, because I'm still on the platform of duality. If I think that the so so this way you come to this higher uh, 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 understanding of the one that includes the many. Uh, and that's the platform of bhakti. Whereas where, uh, jnana, in the sense of impersonalism, wants to find the one in where there is no many. It excludes the many. It's just this absolute oneness. Uh, 
which can't even be spoken, of course. I mean, it, you know, anyway, that's another thing. And your wife has a question or comment. Go ahead. Oh, my question was after. Thank you. Okay. Anything else? I can find that in a minute, just a second. Oh no, it'll take me a while. I'll find, I'll find the next time that statement of Prabhupada, he does it very succinctly about the one and the many. And it's kind of is, is a key to a lot of uh, a lot of things that we can understand here. Yeah, we'll, we'll look for it later. All right. So now we'll begin. Uh, we'll continue next week, and we'll start with uh, this uh, Canto Eleven, Chapter Twenty Eight, with a second text and go on. Uh, the, we're studying Krishna's opening statement, the first five verses, and then Uddhava starts to ask some questions. Until then, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Bhagavatam Ki Jai.